y'all might be a little bit down, right? Because in your minds and eyes, football season is over. But for me, in a lot of ways, Josh, it's just getting started. Saturday, the Washington Warriors play for a state championship for the second straight season, and we are joined by their head football coach, Brad Beller. Uh, Coach, first of all, congratulations on what was – uh, a great atmosphere on Saturday, uh, Friday night out of Putnam City. The Warrior fans—they really showed out in a big way. That was cool to see. They sure did. I, I was I was glad to see that. You never know whenever you get to a big stadium uh, what it's going to look like, but uh, it was loud and and uh, they brought a lot of energy to the uh, to the game. Did you see uh, Coach uh, Chris Wilkerson's makeshift air horn that he put together by chance? I I, I didn't see it, but I definitely heard it. <laughs> <laughs> I could uh, I could hear that all night long and, and loved every time he blew it. I think it involved. I think honestly, it involved like a, a power drill that came together. But it was great. It was fun. And let's talk about that game because I think it's fair to say, Coach, maybe not the start that you wanted to see from your team. But how about the adjustments and the way that they they really righted themselves down the stretch? It, it was good for us to see. Um, you know, that type of adversity, you know, Coach Witt at, at Jones and the, and the Jones staff and programs always really good. So, you know, uh, that they were going to come ready to, to play. And, and uh, they had a lot of things that uh, were going their way. But, but, you know, to overcome the adversity, to be down, uh, then to be tied and then really rally the way that we did at the end of the second quarter um, was huge um, for a lot of things. You know, moving forward into the championship game, uh, we were playing Millwood and, and they're so talented and, and a great team themselves. So uh, I, w- I was just very excited the way that we handled it. I never felt like we flinched or blinked or, or oh, what if, what if we're down. They, they just stayed the course and, uh, and continued to work hard and be coached hard. And uh, so I was very proud of our staff and our kids for, for overcoming that. Well, it, it, since you mentioned Millwood, uh, let's talk about them, a team that's had an, an incredible season, loaded with talent. They, they, they handily disposed of Victory Christian to get here. What's kind of caught your eye in Millwood as you prepare for Saturday afternoon? Uh, anytime you see a Coach Franklin team, you know, they're, they're going to uh, play extremely hard, extremely physical. Um, you know, I know a lot of people will see them and, and, and look at uh, the talent they have. And uh, Ricky Hunt Jr. has been around for a lot of years and been a, a great running back for them. Um, but uh, the, the discipline, uh, the physicality that they play with is uh, overwhelms teams. And so – um, we're we're going to get that. The good thing is, is we, we saw them, the good and the bad, is we saw them in 17 in the finals, uh, and they were one of the best teams I've ever coached against. And then we saw them in district play in 18 and 19. So, um, you know, as a coaching staff, we know what to prepare for uh, as far as our kids to try to get them ready for what type of team we're going to see. And um, and so it'll be a, definitely a tough challenge. Coach, what's been working right? for you and the Washington Warriors. I know that, obviously, you got to keep that going, and Millwood's going to be a gigantic challenge as you're laying out right here. But, Coach, what, what has your team done well to get to this state championship again? You know, I really think the balance uh, of our team. Um, and, and when I say that, I, I really mean on both sides of the ball. They, um, we've, we've worked really hard to make sure that we can stop the run and force teams to throw. And if we can do that, then, then you know, our two defensive ends, Spalding and Milner, um, are, are very tough to handle. That's their game is, is, is really trying to get to the pass uh, to the quarterback. And, and so I really think that us being able to be balanced and stopping the run, stopping the pass, 
uh, not giving up the big plays. And then on the flip side, uh, the reason why I think the last several weeks our offense has been working is uh, we, we've worked from running game up. You know, uh, it hasn't been as much drop back. It's been a lot of run, option, uh, and then play action off the option in the run game has, has been our, our you know, biggest thing that's helped us uh, start clicking at a high level on the, on the offensive side. Can, can I add one more thing that I've noticed, Coach, from being a fanboy all season long? Man, when, yes, Major, when Major Contrell uh, gets rolling with those feet, he's pretty tough to stop. And, uh, I, again, I know he's, a, he's, he's become a really, really good pocket passer, but when Major Cantrell wants, that kid can scoot, and that was a big difference maker on Friday night. It was. You know, the week before against Idabel, it was a lot of handoffs on the option game. They, they, you know, and Cole Scott had a huge night. But, uh, you know, throughout the year we've seen spurts of, of major uh, running the ball. And so his, his legs uh, in the option game and then also just getting himself out of a jam a couple of times in, in the passing game, uh, him dropping back, moving uh, around. I think one time we have a sprint out play, and, and Jones does a great job of covering up, and he just tucks it and runs and, and gets a big gain. And so uh, that element to it, it, it makes you cover every inch of the field uh, when you have a mobile quarterback that can also throw as well as he can. You don't have to share any trade secrets, Don't we try to get him to give up trade secrets here, Josh. Not try to All do right. that, and uh, you, you can – you can share what you feel you're comfortable with sharing, Coach, but a week like this, you're playing for a state championship. What is just sort of the general message that you're passing along to this team to, to get their minds right, to go out and, and play the best brand of football that they can? You know, we, we talk a lot about all year um, of being a champion every day, being a champion every week, um, you know, from the off season through the summer workouts, you know, team camps, fall camp, everything. Um, you know, in those weeks where you're going to play an opponent that um, might not be as talented as, you know, a Millwood or a Jones, but you still practice and prepare like it's a high level. And whenever you have the consistency of doing that, you know, our, our message has been, guys, it's another week and it's the biggest week of them all, but our preparation doesn't have to change and go to another level because we've been doing it all year. And so the consistency in our program and the, and the work ethic in our program um, you know, carries on. It's not a matter of just what you've done this week. It's what you've done all year long to get here. And, um, you know, a lot of times the, the champion is crowned. They're, they're champions before they're handed the gold ball. And so we, we want that message to be heard loud and clear that, you know, just go play your game and, and, and do the best that you can each and every play, learn from your mistakes and make adjustments and, and be ready to go. All right, let me, let me homer out on two of my favorite guys, ringing out with Brad Beller. Well, Brad's one of my favorite guys, the head coach of the Washington Warriors. But I literally just broke out my phone and was watching Hayden Miller on the edge all night on Friday night. That, that poor tackle from Jones has got to burn that tape. And when he wasn't getting to the quarterback, he was affecting him and forcing turnovers. You mentioned the success that your edge rushers have, but Milner, big hit, 6'4", 245. See him picking up a, a couple more offers. He might even be a little thicker than 245. That kid's motor is contagious even in the stands. It is. He he is the uh, um, he, he's definitely the fuel to our fire. And when him and Nathan Spalding, the the other defensive end, uh, they get going, they they just bring in energy. Like you said, it's contagious. Uh, if it's contagious to the to the people in the in the stands, it's definitely contagious to our players. And um, they play with such a confidence, uh, not an arrogance, but they play with such a confidence and fire to them. Um, that it's it's hard not to follow them, even as coaches. I mean, we 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 you know we're their coaches, but you also become a fan 
uh, sometimes just watching the energy and the effort because uh, a lot of times it's something that you can't coach. They just, you know, kids either have that type of fire uh, about them or they don't, and, and Hayden uh, definitely has it. And, uh, you know, I love coaching that kid, and, and I'm glad I'm getting to coach him one more time, but uh, we, can, we can't say enough about how great of a, of, a, of a player and how hard of a worker he is. Yeah, and then, of course, you know, conversation would be complete without, a, with, with, without me asking about the Cole train. Uh, Cole Scott now yes, had one that went on the turf on Saturday night, so obviously that's that's something I know my man's working on, but it really seems as if he's just running with a lot of confidence. Had one on the turf, and I think he missed a hole one time on, on, on Saturday or Friday, but that's being real picky because the way he's running and the confidence he's running with right now, Coach, it's really awesome to see. It is, um, and you know, and – I think with him and, and how humble he is, he would go, oh, the offensive line you know, uh, is doing good. And, and don't get me wrong, the offensive line uh, is the reason why Cole has the success that he has. But the, the effort that he and the, and the tenacity uh, that he has when he runs the ball, um, it's infectious as well. You know? And um, if, there, there's, if there's one kid this year that has um, you know, been an inspiration to so many people, it's him because – uh, of the way that last year ended and him still um, working. I mean, he came in the very next week and was ready to go to work. Um, and then overcoming the, the injuries that he's overcome this year. And so uh, it, it's, it's amazing. I think he's sitting at right, shot under 600 yards in the last three games. So he is a big, big-time player for us, and, and uh, we would not be here without him. It's fun. It's fun to watch him. Oh, for Oklahoma fans, you got to know you commit Nate Roberts and. It's Friday night, you really exploited the inability of Jones to to cover that tight end over the middle. Him and, and Steven Alexander's kid, Cooper, had a couple of nice plays. Where have you seen the biggest growth in Nate Roberts as you've been able to coach him for the first time this year? You know, I think most of the most of the things that might not be seen are just his blocking. And, um, you know, he new to the position. You know, he's only been playing the, the tr- a true tight end position since uh, May – and so I think really his blocking and his understanding uh, of what we're trying to accomplish in a pass, instead of just running a route blindly, he's starting to understand why we're trying to attack certain coverages, uh, the areas that we're trying to attack when he gets man, how to set uh, uh, up the route to make sure that he's working into space. Uh, Cooper's been a huge uh, help on that because Cooper's played the position. And so those two have really – you know, iron sharpens iron, and, and he they definitely have done that with one another. And I'm sure Nate would give say the same thing about Cooper as they've helped one another. But um, those two things, the blocking and then just the understanding of, of concepts. A couple more, and I'll let you get back to it. We're hanging out with Brad Beller this Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock. Washington plays for a state championship in 2A as they battle Millwood. I want to talk a little bit about the interior of that defensive line which can be so disruptive um I, I love the rainy kid obviously an incredibly athletic family dad was a good college football player sisters playing high school saw so- our college soft i think she's at north texas now the interior of that defensive line coach they've really stood up the last few weeks too they sure have um you know when you look at nathan rainey he's kind of the unsung hero a lot of times he's eating up double teams um and and sometimes the only time he's ever noticed uh, is if he's not doing his job, you know, and that's sad because, uh, you, you know, why, where did that guy come from? Oh, you know, Rainey, and, and it's only a, a, maybe a time or two a game, if that. And so he, he does so much for us. Um, and Wyatt Denton is another. He's a big, strong, heavy junior uh, guy that uh, uh, just doesn't get moved very easily. And then, uh, you know, the, 
the spark plug that comes off the bench is is uh, that's a rotate guy is Caleb Bruce. You know, he's a high energy guy. He makes the play, and he's going to make sure everyone knows it. And then uh, Tanner Winlock, that was a you know a great wrestler when he was younger, and he uses that leverage uh, whenever he gets in on the defensive line. So th- that rotation of those four guys has been has been very big for us, and it, it just keeps us fresh. It keeps us healthy, and uh, in those late championship uh, minutes. I probably don't talk enough about your staff, Coach, and I'll let you go on this, but to see Coach Colbeth get the opportunity to be honored by the Broyles Award Committee and he was awarded the Broyles Award, that's that's got to feel really, good, really cool when your defensive coordinator is out there getting an honor like that. It is. Um, I, you know, Coach K, Coach K and I have been together for a lot of years, known him for even longer, and uh, the utmost respect uh, for him – you know, people say, uh, you know, he's your defensive coordinator. I, I see him as, as uh, another head coach uh, because I trust him that much. And, and uh, he works so hard. And the reason why I love him the most is he loves the kids. I mean, he, he is a kid guy. If, if you want someone to, to uh, model after, if you're a young coach or, or a teacher, he's the guy because uh, he, his whole fear, he's told me, he goes, I don't, I don't have many fears in life. He goes, I fear – letting these kids down and not giving them the all. So uh, when you have that type of guy on your staff and, and uh, you know, I've got to grow through my coaching career with him. Um, he, he is, he is an inspiration to us all. He is uh, really, he's the rock and the foundation of this whole thing, man. Coach, you're awesome. I really appreciate um, getting a chance to chat with you the last few weeks. I'm so fired up for Saturday. I know you guys are. This team is too. Have a have a blast. There'll be a there'll be a lot of Warrior fans. I think the whole town is making the trip on Saturday. So can't wait to see it, and we'll uh, talk to you again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. See you, Coach Brad Beller, head football coach of the Washington Warriors. Dude, they already have the signs up. So just a real quick for and and I'll be honest. Whenever I just moved to Washington three years ago. And, t- and you know, technically I'm not in the metropolis of Washington. I'm in Goldsby, just to be clear. But my kids go to Washington. So I just moved there a couple years ago. And there is one road from my 35 to Washington. And already the signs are out to celebrate that drive from Washington High School, down Main Street to I-35, to head towards Edmond. And it's so – people line up right outside the bridge, got their horns going, got signs all over the place as you're driving down. I'm like, hey, my, my kids always ride the bus. And I'm like, hey, guys, you want Dad to drive you to school today? Like I try to take, take him like once or twice a week. And I want to take him this week because – when you're driving Main Street and you're driving from the school back to get on I-35, it's already just littered with signs and, and well wishes and good luck. It's it's such a cool community, man, and this is such a good football team. They've been so close, so close. Haven't won one since 96. Back on the doorstep of the title. This might be one of their best teams that they've had. Major Cantrell is legit at quarterback. Cole Scott is legit at running back. You got an OU commit at tight end with an OU legacy at the other tight end. You've got this Hayden Milner kid that like freaking lives in the backfield. I mean, I can't say enough about the dude, obviously. I need his motor. 
You're talking about Nathan the other side. You got uh, Rainey. I mean, it's just there's so many dudes, and I'm so excited to watch them play. And then on the other side of it, oof, Millwood is loaded, bro. They got some dudes. They got some ballers. This is going to be fun on Saturday. Well, and this is this is what Millwood does, right? They play in these these kind of games, and uh, you know, for Washington, obviously, they were right here a year ago too. So, very very hungry I'm, I'm to try pumped. and make amends for last season. I, I had to bring up – so, you guys, I mean, listen, there's no if ands, or buts about it. Cole Scott is my guy. And I was cracking up last week because he ended up scoring a touchdown like two plays later. But on like a second down play, there was a massive hole and he, and he just barely missed it. He was taking a little bit when he came back to the sidelines. <laughs> just a little bit. But – this team, man, they've been really fun for me. It gives me a good high school football outlet that I haven't had in many years. I had Booker T. Washington when my son was there, but Will wasn't into football like I Now all of a sudden he is. Oh, my gosh, Josh. Now I'm hearing like crazy. Guess where I'm going on Saturday? Army, Navy, let's go. You're like, wait a second. Wait, what? Where was this like your whole life? You know, your dad could have taken you to every OU football game you wanted to, but you were too cool for it. Now... I think I think I'm with you, Chris. Uh, my man Chris Rainey says I stand at the roundabout for send-off. That's awesome. Which, by the way, can we have a moment about roundabouts? Nobody knows the rules of roundabouts. It's just it's the reality of it. Nobody understands the rules in a roundabout. It's it's enraging. Well, just follow the sign. Not just that, Josh, but that yield thing, that yield sign. Yeah, you, yeah, you got to yield. You got to yield, people. Anyway, rant over. Warriors, Saturday, should be fun. Thanks to Coach Beller during a busy week of preparation. And good still luck, Coach. On. Hey, two breaking baseball notes. It's been out there for a while, but Aaron Judge is back with the Yankees after he apparently had signed with the Giants yesterday. Is that right? <laughs> Sarcasm. Who was it? One of the – Heyman. Paul – not Paul Heyman. John <laughs> Heyman. WWE promoter Paul Heyman. Could you imagine him announcing, Aaron Judge does not have time for you. And then all of a sudden gets the chair to the back. And next thing you know, he signs a $360 million nine-year deal to basically spend the rest of his career with the Yankees. And Kinley Jansen off to the Red Sox. Oh, gosh. Enjoy that. Woo. You want to talk about a roller coaster ride. Kinley Jansen is it. Now, who all's coming to Kansas City? Who's all coming to the Dodgers and the Royals right now? Oh, yeah, that's nobody. We're sitting this one out. Verlander signed with the Mets the other day. I had to get a take from my man Kevin Clazer on that one, and he was he was like, ah, enjoy going out and finishing uh, finishing out of the playoffs while the Astros will still be playing. Dr. Clazel's a dire baseball fan, man. He'll let you know about it. And he did not panic. Did not panic. All right, quick break. It is 10-22. When we come back, we'll get caught up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line and um, – I, I, I talked with a couple of dudes about the portal during one of the breaks. Uh, Brandon Drum reached out and gave us some information on a few guys that we haven't mentioned that have been offered. OUinsider.com. We'll get to that next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Uh, someone had pointed out that we haven't brought you the Porter Moser post game yet here was just the opening statement from coach after last night's win over kansas city yeah. 
I, I tell you, like, like you just said, I've seen him get cooking before. I've seen it in practice. I've seen it in games. I thought he had his best defensive game. That's what I told him. I know you guys were like, he played really hard on, on the defensive end, guarding the ball, keeping him in ball screens. If you rewatch the tape, you're going to see how hard he played on the defensive end. And that's what I told him. I said, man, you, you, he, he didn't you – know, he had two points at halftime, but um, I thought he was doing a good job defensively. So, um, you know, we talked at halftime. I know I'm going to get asked that question, so I'll just go right at it. Um, <laughs> Mitchell was a, a, a focus for us, and he had 16 points. I don't, I don't think we were up into him enough. And we really talked at, at halftime, man. We got to get up into him, make him uncomfortable. He's too he's, he's, – because he, we've seen him get 35 against Toledo. We've seen him what he can do. And uh, he had 16 at half, and he had two in the second half. So that focus and more aggressive, I thought our guys responded to that. Um, and then we wanted to put the pace up because they, they try to slow you down with pressing you and then zone, and then they'll kind of go zone to a man. Um, and then they get, you, they, they, they get you using a lot of the shot clock, and then they use a lot of the shot clock. And we just talked about getting stops and running and passing ahead and being way more aggressive to get the pace going. And that's what I think when we really opened up is when Bijan Lose and Grant really got the pace going downhill. And we had multiple ball handlers in there able to, to spray it. And Grant was able to get loose um, that way as well. There you go. I can't wait for it's, – it's fun right now. And I think that Oklahoma fans definitely have a competitive team, a bubble NCAA tournament team, hopefully – safely on the at-large portion of that equation once it's all said and done. But I, I am so excited still about what's getting built here. That head coach, Oklahoma's got a great one. And you get two years down the line with just the development within the program and guys that have been around for more than just you go pick up Sherfield out of the portal. I can't wait to see what a couple of recruiting classes stacked on top of each other look like. The, just the way, I mean, the attention to detail, the way that he talks – Things are getting done the right way, and it's really Oklahoma's cool. going to get – they're going to win big with him as its head coach. Fans need to get out there, though. I don't know how else to put it. you got to get out there. And I'm guilty of this, too. So we – I'll say we. we got to get out there. Um, though it was very weird, and this has been a hard thing for me in college basketball, I think we all – I say people my age, but you're looking about maybe, what, 30 to 70, that age group. We're used to knowing the guys on our team for a while. Like, I could still sit here and tell you the starting five of the greatest Tulsa basketball team that I watched in 2000, right? Names like Tony Hurd, Greg Harrington, Eric Coley, David Shelton, Brandon Kurtz, Dante Swanson, and Antonio Reed coming off the bench. 93-94 Tulsa. Gary Collier, Lou Dawkins, Craig Hernady, J.R. Rallo, Rafael Maldonado, Pooh Williamson, right? I mean, these think about the great some of the great Oklahoma teams, right? Even going back to what, 16. You know, Buddy in that crew. Spangler, Isaiah, Isaiah Cousins. I'm watching Illinois play Texas last night. And you got Terrence Shannon. Terrence Shannon Jr. I didn't even realize that, um, oh gosh, he was the the big, tall, mustachioed white guy from Baylor that plays it. And Mike Mayer? No, that's not it, is it? Meyer? Meyer. Yeah. 
He plays at Illinois now. Texas is a laundry list of guys who used to be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. By the way, Terrence Shannon Jr. got going in overtime, and he was cooking. <laughs> He's a really good player. He, he was cooking in overtime yeah, for that Illinois. Was a, that was a fun game. But it's just it's, – it's a, it's a hard thing for a sport that, for me, I could count on – well, I can't wait. And and college football is becoming it too, right? But it just seems as if with the smaller rosters and that immediate chance to play, it's massive in college basketball. Well, so, and I hope you're right on 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 building the recruiting class. I really do. You you do hope that that takes place, but I I think that that is going to happen. And meanwhile, what you're talking about, yeah, there's going to be some of that too because that's not going away and that's the reality of the situation is if you've got somebody that isn't seeing the types of minutes that they like or they're not part of that starting five, then guess what? They're going to hop and uh, they're going to go somewhere else and you're going to constantly be trying to add one player or two, hopefully not more, much more than that, out of the transfer portal year to year if you want to, I think, have sustained success. To me, it's a ticking time bomb at some place like either of those two. Yeah, you can go get the star guys, but, man, there is something, especially in basketball, to be said for the the chemistry that five guys have together. It's a ticking time bomb with somebody like Illinois, with Texas, when you've got all sorts of these guys that you're just plucking from they were at this school and that school. It's I get it, but we see that in the NBA too, right, where they assemble these super teams and it just doesn't work. And why does it not work? Because these guys, you can't just magically drop everybody on a basketball court and expect it to happen. Good question. Do you, off the Air Comfort Solutions text line here real quick, do you think Porter leaves Oklahoma if he doesn't get more fan support? No, I mean, I want to say no. I think Jenny Baranchek would be under that same umbrella. I mean, you've – and I get it, man. So much is asked of fans, and this opens that – Pandora's box of, well, I'm already given for this, and I already pay for tickets, and whatever else there is to complain about, sight line, what what Toby go through, sight lines, concession, all those things. But I, I, I don't know. I hope not. And I don't know how to fix it because I feel like just about everything has been done. Outside of painting. New arena. Outside of painting the arena, right. Just giveaway tickets like crazy. And then one more quick one here that just popped in on basketball. I think OU got a great one in Coach Moser. Plan on going to games this year. Never forget shaking hands with Wayman Tisdale as a kid in 83. Moments like that where it's just, hey, I can't get – I can't financially afford to get to every game. And do I wish – that OU versus Kansas City and the Ruse would have a sellout crowd on a Tuesday afternoon? Absolutely. Or Tuesday evening. But the reality is, either A, I live in Tulsa, or I live in Dallas, or I live in Fort Worth, or whatever. I just can't get up. So I might not be able to get there now. But you know when I'm going to be there? When we play Texas, when we play Kansas. when we And that's just part of it, right? There's going to be sellouts. They're pretty affordable, too. That's the beautiful thing about a mini plan. Don't have to buy season tickets. Pick six. <laughs> Um, let me share what, cause we, we were talking about positions that Oklahoma was looking at in the portal as we transition from basketball to football here on the plank show with Josh on plank. And I'd mentioned, you know, just kind of digging through some of the names that we have seen that Oklahoma has offered, right? Sean McCullough, the kid out of Indiana, Kyrie Jackson, the cornerback out of Indiana, 
Um, Dorian Singer, the Arizona wide receiver. Dante Cephas, Robert Thompson, uh, Robert Thomas, excuse me. And uh, Brandon, Brandon had mentioned that, you know, McCullough is a guy that he kind of sees as the domino. And also added, Javion Cohen has been offered by Oklahoma. So apparently the Sooners like him a lot. And um, Keandre Jones is another name to keep an eye on, too. So I mentioned it. Unless there was somebody that would be in the know like B-Drum would be, I can only go by what I've seen on social media. But there are two massive offensive linemen in Keandre Jones and Javion Cohen that would lead you to believe that, all right, sure, they might like their young talent, but with what they're losing, they are going to see if they can't add a little bit more depth at the offensive line position in the portal. And, in fairness, they've pretty much done it consistently, right? Morris, Conjol, um, Matoyer, they had the kid that came in out of, what, North Dakota last year. They didn't play him too much. You know, and that's the beautiful thing. The, the terrible but beautiful thing about the transfer portal is you can gamble every year, Plank. Sure. You, you can take chances. You and I can sit here and say, okay, eventually you're only taking six out of the portal. Okay, but if you're losing 15 players every single year to the portal – that means you can, you can even if you only hit. If if we go back and say, okay, what were true ding ding dings for Oklahoma out of the portal last year, and if we genuinely say it's only C.J. Colden and Dylan Gabriel, I mean, honestly, did you lose that much by taking some chances on several of those guys? If if one of those those years we look back and say, well, look at these six contributors Oklahoma got out of right. the portal. You'd rather have that than swinging and missing by not going and getting anybody. So. All of which is to say, with 15 people going into the portal, you can every single year take some chances and not really get dinged a whole lot if you swing and miss. Because you have to take chances. It's just the way college football is now today. And then you got to balance, all right, I'm taking that chance, but am I taking that chance at the risk of upsetting you know, X, Y, and Z player who just signed? I, you would hope not, right? You would hope that it wouldn't upset them to the point where they're hitting the portal. Don't know. Well, but then again, you got to fill out 85, too. That's true. So what do you do with those extras? Do you bring in the um, – do you bring an extra high school guy or do you go get a portal guy? And I think for the most part you're seeing the latter. Go get that portal guy whom you've seen, even if it's not a ton, you've seen him on the field and he's had some experience in D1. If it's a guy that went somewhere and didn't play a lot, right? Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Go ahead. 25 – that you can bring in and sign in a class plus eight, right? That's right. If you've had eight or more mm-hmm. exit via the That's transfer That's my understanding. Portal. So, theoretically, you could sign 33 top end. That's my understanding. Now, if you want to nerd out, 24-7 sports has, like, the complete rundown of all the rules – uh, but even I got confused in going through it. I was like, wait, so that, if I carry that, I I think you can take as many in the, in the portal as you as have been lost to the portal. Right, but in terms of high school signees. Right, you can only take a certain number. Right, it would be 25 plus 8. Yeah. Max, max in. And so then maybe you're saving a couple of high school guys because you're going to wait to the later signing period just in case. 
do you hold on to those or do you go ahead and say, I'm not waiting. We're going to go get Dante Cephas out of Kent State. I think probably it's not a bad idea to have a couple of spots for the spring. I don't know that you save, again, six, seven, eight, whatever it is, but I think probably in your back pocket you'd always like to have a couple just in case. Mm. I think you're right. I don't know. We brought this up. See, this is what happens. We bring up these conversations and we get off the clock. I don't know if if coaches celebrate this or if it becomes so challenging it's just mind-blowing. I don't know if you have someone that's in charge of that roster management-wise for you where they come and say, okay, coach, here's what you've got, or if you just know it because all these things are fascinating to me and understanding that balance between what you want to do with high school offers and what you want to do with potential portal additions. (laughs) You almost do need somebody that – not that that's their only job, but that's a large portion of it, right, is just the roster construction angle to everything. All right, quick break. When we come back, right here on The Ref, to the best of the Air Comfort Solutions text line, we do it every bottom of the hour, so we're right on time at 1040 here on the Home Sooner Fans. <laughs> How about that little breaking news tidbit? Jeff Brom is leaving Purdue to become the head coach at Louisville, which is, of course, where he played whenever he was in college and then went on to a uh, career in which if I said Jeff Brom and let's see if and six as the number of teams Jeff Brom played for in the NFL, do you think you could come up with the six? Absolutely not. Me neither. Chargers, Redskins, Niners, Bucks, Browns, Broncos, and also a stint with the Orlando he- Rage. When was when did he play college ball? Um, his years in college ended in ninety four. Okay, so yeah, so he was. I mean, he was a little bit honestly before me. I don't yeah. remember him. Eighty nine to ninety three. So he was his final year of college was my final year high school. But yeah, he uh, he was one of the first. Five-year dudes, like he'd been. It's like, is this guy still in college? Because he played every single year he was in college. 89, 90, 91, 92, 93. Started the last two. Purdue legend. Or Louisville legend, excuse me. Leaving Purdue to take the Louisville head coach. He was a Purdue legend. Now, was, now, now. not so much. A pretty good run, though, right? They gave they gave Michigan all they could handle for about three and a half quarters. Got out while Saturday the game was night. good. Yeah, he did. How about the story, too, about Aiden O'Connell? What it lost his brother? Oh, mm. just just rough. Um, nice quarterback. You, you, you want to hit a couple of Air Comfort Solutions text here? Sure. Boy, this thing blew. What happened in the last five minutes? People go nuts? I guess so. In a good way. It, always in a good way. From the 405. Chicken or egg in sports? Winning exciting sports programs or sellouts? Chicken. Okay, good question. What comes first? Winning Winning. Yeah. But can, can we not argue that Oklahoma basketball has won? Or is it just not winning? Do you need to be Final Four consistent in order to get people out there every single game? Yeah, I mean, you mean need to make a couple of consecutive deep tournament runs and probably have some of that core back. Right. There's a good battle over Braylon Presley on the Air Conference Solutions text line. 
Um, wait, hold on. Let's clarify. He goes, that is wrong, guys. You can sign any number from high school or portal. You just can't go over 85 total. I don't think that. I, I don't, don't think, think that's right. right. I don't think you're right. It's eight, my understanding nine, eight, five. is 25 plus 8. Um, but, again, I'm not, I'm not living in that world. Travis can correct us. Parker can correct us. But I don't think that's right. Well, I, and if that's the case, then it's definitely changed. Um, from the 901, I really want Braylon Presley. Everyone says he is too small, but do you remember what Tavon Austin did to us and how big was Hollywood Brown again? Then there is the other side of it. Um, where was it? From the 402. Braylon Presley wants to play running back. Number one, OU has better backs. Number two, he doesn't have a deuce slash Sproles body type to be a 15 to 20 carry guy. Three, if he wants to be a returner slot guy, then maybe some special teams guy, sure. But that's it. Wow. He kind of wants to be a little bit of everything. He would be great in San Francisco. Just put him on the Niners. Let him yeah. go there. That's He'll, what Kyle Shanahan does. He's basically uh, Debo Presley. Uh, the 918 asks, is there really over 3,000 kids in the portal? Um, yeah, there's yeah, yeah. more than that, there's aren't more there? More than that. <laughs> it's like, What's, where's the On3 portal page? They do a pretty good job of uh, keeping it up. The On3, um, there you go. Transfer portal On3, their last number they had in the actual – uh, portal was well. They've only got one thousand entered, but the problem is they wait until the official thing comes through. I think there's, I think there's much more than that right now, just based on guys who have put their little thing on Twitter to say I'm in the portal. So far, only two percent have found new homes, while only point seven percent have withdrawn, which included one of the Tulsa quarterbacks. After it was announced that Kevin Wilson was a new head football that he's coach. Sticking? Yeah, Braylon Braxton withdrew from the portal. Um, Big recruiting dub. Let's see here. One, two, three. Let's more. We pray that there's no wrong. Yeah, okay. 3,000 would be an astronomical um, number. Brian with a Y, who makes sure to let us know that Sandstorm was his MySpace song. Big EDM guy. If they get mad that you go and get someone in the portal – does that not tell you about a high school kid's character? Because you're feeling what you lost, and it is best for the team. Does that reflect on if they are a team guy or an ego guy? Maybe. Maybe. Reflects that they don't want a ton of competition. Right. I do not know. That's a great question. Uh, Jesse G writes, can you confirm if the Washington High School is still protected by a cattle guard? I can confirm. There is one right there whenever you pull in to the main entrance. But they're building. They're building. And they've changed my drop-off in the morning. I don't like it. I don't like it. You're a man of routine. I am a routine guy with my drop-off, and it's changed. Jim in Arlington. This is good. I do my part by promoting both OU men's and women's basketball teams on Twitter anytime I know they're playing. I wish I was like you guys and lived in and around Norman. I would go to so many games. Obviously, OU football gets more Twitter traffic, so that's why I try to preach OU basketball to remind people, hey, get in your car and get to the Lloyd Noble Center. We're very lucky to have two real good basketball coaches. Absolutely, no doubt. I'm telling you right now. Here's Let me just – you want a little – well, we got a break. I just battle with 
getting people excited about basketball, including myself, right? I, I'm in that mix. But, Jim, it's a great point. There's a lot of people that get PO'd when you bring up the battle about attendance. Sure. When they're not the problem. Teddy sent the text where he was joking about the guy watching on TV complaining about it being empty. It's like, gosh, watch it on TV. That's embarrassing. I mean, you can help fix that a little bit. <laughs> but it, it's a it's a good conversation. All right, quick break. When do we come back, put a wrap on Hour 2 next right here on The Ref. We are really cutting it close to the top of the hour. Sorry. Maybe tomorrow we can do better. That's my goal every day. Sooner Soldier writes in the Air Comfort Solutions text line, there has to be some restrictions put on the portal. These kids need to learn how to stick to their decisions, <laughs> cut and run just because they don't like their current situation when sometimes it's part of the process or growth. So I didn't mean to laugh during that. I, I thought, for some reason, I thought there was going to be restrictions about us <laughs> cutting it close on uh, the top of the hour. But, yeah, no, that makes way more sense. Yeah, I the only thing that they talked about was if you take someone out of the portal and it doesn't necessarily work for you, then you're stuck without that scholarship for a couple of years. But I don't I don't know. Guy from Geyer writes, yes, that previous texter is right. We have historically had problems with small, quick running backs. Sadly, our running back doesn't get to play against our defense. Now listen, that's an unnecessary stray on a Wednesday morning, okay? Guy. All right, quick break. We were going to hit the top five stories of the day. Oh, this is a good one, too, going towards the top of the hour. Any word on what Drake Stoops is doing? Is he coming back? He has the option to come back? You know, we talked to Bob Stoops a couple weeks ago about it and said he's still in the decision-making process. So it doesn't appear as if NIL or anything is going to affect him on that front. Be so. a nice welcome addition back. All right, top five stories of the day next.